2: You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clem. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my great co-host, Miss Savannah Dean and Mr. Kevin Langley. Ladies and gents, welcome back. We have a big show. We are talking Sun- Saturday, Sunday night football. We've got a coach already getting fired in Week Five. We have a uh, Rockets GM getting himself in a little bit of trouble. MLB playoffs are in full swing, and a new the new invention of the one sentence game. A lot of stuff coming. Let's get rocking and rolling, guys. We got to start with Saturday, Sunday Night Football last night. And we're going to cover this in uh, the one-sentence game. Quickly, what were your reactions about last night's game? Because I woke up this morning, and I, I was exhausted last night, so I couldn't finish the game. I woke up, and Mahomes had lost. The Chiefs, of course, losing to the Colts with the final score of, as I let my phone load up because I didn't write this down like a numbskull. 19-13. to
1: 13.
2: Thank you. I was very – I don't know if I was – I was i was kind of intrigued. But the biggest thing that jumped out to me is that Justin Houston played out of his mind for the Colts. And it just seemed like the game slowed down for the oh, – the game slowed down for the Chiefs. And it allowed the Colts to take a lot of advantage. Now, so here, look at the stats. Bursette was 18 for 29, 151 and a pick. Marlon Mack, my boy – 132 on the ground. It just it wasn't a very offensive game, but you look at the defensive side of the ball, Justin Houston, tackles for loss, sacks. Kenny Moore was in the backfield as well. They, they were getting after Mahomes. If I'm counting this down right now, they had about three and a half total sacks, five tackles for loss. And the biggest the biggest thing for me was the no INTs, the pass deflection. It just looked like it was a slow game. And the Chiefs just looked ah, like at one point Mahomes got lit the hell up in his own end zone that their own center down it just it the Colts made the game ugly, and the Chiefs could not respond. The Chiefs could not play the game ugly and I think this is what New England did against them last year for the first half. I think this is how any team who's got a chance of beating new England uh, Kansas City has to do it. They have to make the game ugly. They have to hit Mahomes. They have to make him uncomfortable. You know how he's able to look back against the I think it was the Lions and then throw the ball? They can't get away with that anymore. They have to actually teams have to hit him. They have to make the game ugly. What do you guys think?
1: I yep. think that um like I said during the preseason, they're going to feel the loss of Kareem Hunt. Without a ground game, they can pretty like their leading rusher was Damian Williams last night, nine carries, twenty three yards, and that's that was Mahomes with seventeen yards. If you can't get it going on the ground, they can just send guys after Mahomes, and if they can keep him in the pocket, I I'm not saying Mahomes can't be a pocket passer, but if you can keep Mahomes more in the pocket, he can't do ri- the ridiculous no look passes, off balance cross the body throws, and by doing that, you can take Mahomes out of the game as best you can and beat them, because if you can stop Mahomes, you can stop this team. And Mahomes also banged up his ankle, I think, last night. Yeah, his ankle. And if that becomes a nagging issue for the rest of the season, this Chiefs team will, will definitely make the playoffs, will probably win their division, but could get bumped in the divisional round.
2: Basically, you're saying it's New England, they're giving New England more and more and more of a chance to win this whole thing. At least the AFC. Yes, <laughs> I concur because basically that AFC is like I thought. We all thought the Chargers were gonna be a good team. Uh, they lost the Broncos last night. We'll look more on that later. Uh, my Savannah, what are your thoughts on Sunday football? Would you like? What did you think of the whole game?
0: Um, I really thought that uh the Colts put on like a great defensive show. I mean, I know. Patrick Mahomes was banged up, and the fourth quarter is what really got him. I can't, he couldn't maneuver like he normally could, and like he had to stay in the pocket, so it was easy to get more sacks. But their run game was just like phenomenal. They had forty-five rush attempts. That is like mind-blowing that's, numbers. He only has that like, only has equals like, against league.
2: the Packers level.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, they're just, they are just—they got their run game going. Like, Jacoby Brissett only had 18 completions for 29 attempts because he didn't have to throw the ball that much. Like, it was just – the Colts just all around
2: dominated the Chiefs. It, you know what's weird about the Colts is, is that Brissett is, like, a good quarterback. Like, I would still rather have him over a Dalton. Case Keenum. He's not at the level where, like, he's not at the deck presence. you know, Gardner Minshew level, Nick Foles, but like he's, he's, he's a good enough solid quarterback and the Colts have a good enough roster. You know, they're going to win eight or eight, eight or nine games. And this is one of those games. They make the game. If they can keep making games ugly, they will get those wins because the chiefs last night just looked so sluggish and slow and in prime. Now I am terrified for whoever they play next. Because they're gonna light them up like a Christmas tree, but it 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 just it was it was an ugly ass game. Moving on, speaking of um, Case Keenum, the Redskins have fired head coach John Jay Gruden this morning. Um, my honest thought was good for Jay Gruden. I thought he was always a talented head coach. All of his assistants have always become good head coach, the good coordinators. And working for Dan Snyder must be hell on earth. See, Savannah, you don't know this because your team is owned by a town. But Jeffrey Lurie and um, Bob Kraft are two of the probably regarded top owners in the league. Jerry Jerry Jones, of course, up there as well as uh, uh, um, the guy who owns the Rams. um, Stan Kroenke, a couple others. But basically, Dan Snyder, if, if, like, you know, Lurie, Kroenke... Uh Kraft, uh Jerry Jones, those guys are like, you know, the Alpha Dogs, top of the line. Uh, Dan Snyder is referred to as the um runt of the litter. It doesn't it's not like he doesn't have the most money. He's just the idiot. <laughs> Dan Snyder has run that great and very, you know, historic organization to the ground. Mike Shanahan could not wait to get out of there and end his career. You had Jay Gruden, who basically made Kirk Cousins a a valuable quarterback, but yet they couldn't make it past the first round of the playoffs. Unfortunately for Washington, they play in a division where you have to play against the Cowboys, the Eagles, and whatever the hell the Giants are doing in New York, I can't figure it out half the time. At the end of the day, I'm actually – this works out great for Jay Gruden, his brother's head coach. He's got friends all over the league. Peter Schreger was saying this in Good Morning Football this morning. He'll find a job within a. He'll find a job the second the season's over. He might find a job in season. Who knows? But at the end of the day, the Redskins are screwed. It was uh. So I was listening to a heard today, and basically I was hearing from Colin Coward. He said apparently the son of Daniel Snyder. Went to high school with Dwayne Haskins. And that's where the whole love of Haskins went, and they picked him at 15. Jay Gruden didn't want Haskins, not not by a long shot. And I think that's where a lot of the animosity went. And that's why Jay Gruden didn't really care that Haskins went out there and chucked four picks or three picks against the Giants. And at the end of the day, I feel like Jay Gruden was just kind of like, and Chris Thompson's press conference yesterday. I knew instantly Jay Gruden was going to be fired tomorrow. He was getting emotional at that podium. I think Jay knew yesterday, but they weren't announcing until this morning. And honestly, for me today, I can actually be happy for Jay Gruden because now I don't have to root against him anymore. Hopefully, he can go to a team. I would love to see him on the Raiders. We're going oh, my to- gosh. No. Just- that would be hilarious. Oh. <laughs> but I, I, be so, I, I would love to see it. But, you know, good for Jay Gruden. Get out of that hell of a work environment. Savannah, you, you're you already talking about. What do you think? Um, uh, I mean, I don't really think that whole – I mean, I think he'll be
0: able to find a job. He's a great coach. It's just, like, I think the Redskins have, like, management issues type of thing, and, like, the, they're like, not getting rid of their GM. New their Browns? <laughs> so <laughs> – What? Yeah. Yeah. So I, they're not getting rid of anyone but the head coach. So he was kind of, like, mm-hmm. their only choice to get rid of them.
2: Fair enough. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, Snyder knew that Jay Ritten was not about what they were trying to do. And I, I have a not so bold prediction, but I have a feeling that the Redskins will be, will win less than six games for the next five years. And I would actually put money on that.
1: Like that six games total or each season? Each,
2: each season. I mean either. Like they will is not. A good guess. Guess. They will not win about six. What what'd you say, Kev? Either is a good guess. I was just curious what you meant. <laughs> I six six would be a high, but like I would even put a bet that twenty. Their maximum wins are gonna be twenty-five over the next five years. Like I, like how... I will. I will on my thirtieth birthday look back and say the Redskins have not won twenty-five games. And I'll, and I'll laugh because Jay Gruden's the best head coach they've had since Joe, Joe Gibbs' first run-through. So, I, I don't know. Because Shanahan got that one playoff run with RG3 but then blew the guy's knee out. So, I don't know. I mean, Kev, you got stuff from Daryl Morey.
1: What did he do? Twitter gave him in trouble? Oh, Twitter got that man in a lot of trouble. Guys, I have a question. If you're running a business, an international business, what markets don't you want to piss off? Japan, Korea, China, Russia. China, the biggest market in the world. Mm -hmm. There's over a billion people in that country. And Daryl Morey thought it would be a good idea to tweet out a picture that said, like, side with democracy, support Hong Kong. It has since been taken down, and I cannot find it anywhere because he deleted it after a day. So people he's upset, the Chinese government, the Chinese people, Yao Ming, and a Chinese consulate to the United States who said that he wants the rockets to fix this issue. And he – Daryl Morey said, I didn't want to offend anyone, blah, 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 and – They don't – I don't represent the Rockets. Like, that tweet doesn't. The owner said the same thing. And I think there's only one thing the Rockets can do. Oh, I found the tweet. It was fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. And for those who don't know, Hong Kong is in the midst of extreme protests against China's communist dictatorship. And, yeah, that offended a lot of people. And the Rockets, I think, just need to fire Mori. To keep the Chinese government, Chinese people happy, so they keep buying stuff.
2: And you know what's so messed up about that whole like in, in I think I think it's what it's a possibility what you're gonna do, they're gonna do that, but I also think Daryl Moore is a freaking moron. He's the, he's Mr. Sabermetrics. We can get on how much I think Daryl Moore is an idiot, because you know, Kev, we've had this discussion multiple times on and off podcast. But the the map the fact of the matter is, is that China's the biggest NBA market, not in the United States, and and the Rockets are one of the biggest brands out there because of Yao Ming, and probably the biggest Chinese basketball star ever. And at the end of the day, I don't think they're gonna fire him, but I think it's gonna be some severe, like some big blowback. I don't know how. The- i just going to lay out because I don't think it's going to be – the Rockets are not a team that overcorrects that hard. They've never never really been that. It's never really been their MO, but I, I kind of want to see what they do because that would be like the ultimate, like, uh, cow-tearing thing. Because, you know, if you want a personal opinion, I would say, you know, good for Maury for speaking his mind because, you know, the people of Hong Kong deserve a little shout-out from somebody who's – Famous in America, but because, you know, it's not right what's going on out there.
1: But oh, I agree with sports. what he says.
2: Oh, 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 no, I do, too. But the thing is, like, it's, it's it, unfortunately sports is a business. China, unfortunately, is one of our of the NBA's biggest markets. It's almost bigger than the United States itself. It's like number two by like percentage margin. Because they eat that place. Like, I mean, Derrick Rose is like a, a superstar over there. And so is Kobe and LeBron and everyone else. So basically, at the end of the day, I I don't think they're going to fire him, but I feel like there's going to be some, like, they they may, like, ban him from games for, like, a month or some BS or something just to keep the Chinese government happy. I have no idea. But, Savannah, you got any thoughts on this? Nope. Hey, listen, I know you're not a basketball girl, so we're not I – wasn't, I wasn't like – I wasn't expecting – I just figured I'd fire it out there. I, I mean political agendas aside, you know, I, Kev me, – me and Kev both lean maybe conservative. I lean more libertarian. Um, Kev, I do not know you lean more moderate. You're moderate, right? There we go. Yeah. yeah. Kev's moderate. I'm more libertarian. But I'm moderate to libertarian I guess would be – I'm like weird. I'm in the middle but at the end of the day, you know, it's freedom of speech But at the same time like this is a bit unfortunately basketball is a business and and the Houston Rockets are a giant brand over in China and when their GM says something like this it's 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 a weird it's a weird situation but I'm done talking. So, the you the know, playoffs have been going on. Um the New York Yankees have been slapping the Jesus out of the um Minnesota Twins. I watched a couple of games of that series. It's been pretty fun. Uh, the best series to watch, though, actually has been the Braves and the Cardinals are tied up 2-2. Back-to-back games with a walk-off winner. Cardinals, of course, won today 4-5. to Yankees and Twins are playing right now at 0-0 on the bottom of the first. The Dodgers and the Nats are currently playing around. The Nats are up 5-1, and they're facing elimination, so this is it uh the Astros are the Astros lost to the Rays today 10 to 3 and that's basically it for your MLB scoreboard uh I was very amazed that the uh, I didn't think the Rays were gonna be able to put up any kind of a fight after the first two games but I'm I'm, uh, you know what I love about the MLB postseason when I don't have a team to pull for it's it's almost more more fun to root for the chaos like I don't want to see you know the LA's the you know the Houston's win I want to see like you know the Braves or the the Rays or the Yankees or you know because the Yankees aren't even the number one seed anymore or the Nationals I want to see like all the upset picks so oh so, I mean it, it's gonna be interesting Even know I love to see the twins win even though I have so many friends who are Yankees fans so I'll kind of pull for, and family members so I'll kind of pull for them but guys anything that will be postseason when we keep moving on did you
1: just say that you want to see the Yankees win because of an upset?
2: No, no, they're a favorite over the Twins, but they they they're not even close to what the Astros are. The Astros not only have the best rotation, the best bullpen, and the best lineup in baseball, are close to the best lineup. It's the it's it. If you were gonna like sit down today and tell me what the odds on favorite was for the World Series, it's going to be Houston versus LA again. And Houston's the f- – but if I could see, like, a Yankees-Braves World Series, I'd be so hyped for that because it's two teams you would not expect to be in. Two, like, the Yankees have no pitching staff. The Braves have a shaky lineup and, an, and almost just as bad of a pitching staff, and I'd love to see it. I love to see underdogs in baseball, and especially in the postseason. So, you know, that's why I'm – they're the number two seed. Yes, they're a great team. But they're they're so far behind what Houston is, even if the record doesn't say that, if you look at top to bottom, 0 to I don't even know how big an MLB roster is, 25, 0-25, they are not even close to what Houston is. Houston has more superstars in the lineup than the Yankees can count. And also Houston has a three-headed monster, which is kind of my my favorite team's fault, at their pitching rotation. So, but you know what? I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I, the division rounds kind of, it's good that like you know teams are starting to make comebacks. Like you know the the Nats making not uh, not giving up on a sweep, and the same thing with the Rays. I'm I'm you know I want to see exciting games. Emily game fives and game sevens in the playoffs are great to watch. So
1: I just want whoever is not the Yankees to come out of the AL, or whoever can beat the Yankees to come out of the NL.
2: That's all I want. Being a Boston fan, I would expect nothing less. All right. All right, ladies and gents, it is time for something new here on the Corner with Podcast. We are starting a new game today. It is called the One Sentence Game. We will go through every game in the NFL schedule except for Sunday Night Football because we covered it already, and Monday Night Football because it's going on right now. And we will break down everything in one word and one sentence. So of course, I will start off, and we're going to start off with Eagles Jets in one sentence. Eagles got ten sacks and forced a lot of turnovers. Defense wins championships. Kevin,
1: Um, Jets suck. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) You
0: stole stole my line. That's uh, the New York Jets are becoming the old Browns.
2: Fair and mono mono kills records.
1: All yeah, right. they weren't doing anything right, even with Arnold.
2: Okay, yeah, fair, fair enough. Do you guys want to do Rams Seahawks? <laughs> I'm up for that one. Uh, L.A. Ouch. Uh, Seahawks are probably gonna win the NFC West.
1: Jared okay. Goff is the next Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Ooh.
2: Hot take. Savannah. Savannah.
0: Russell Wilson is literally blowing my mind.
2: He's a magician. Patriots Redskins, double reverse equals one score. Patriots D is unstoppable. Kevin.
1: That first half was awful. Anna.
0: I hate the Patriots.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the best one yet. All right. Bills, Titans. Derrick Henry scored, so I was happy in fantasy.
1: Kev. Uh, the Bills aren't going to win anything, and I love Derrick Henry.
2: Savannah. The
0: Bills have an easy ass schedule. That's the reason why they're four (laughs) and
2: one. I mean. their defense is nasty, but I will give you that one because de- they're besides the Patriots. And honestly, though, they were pretty close to the Patriots last week. Let's let's be straight here. All right, Ravens Steelers. Mar- uh, Lamar Jackson owes Marlon Humphrey a new whip. Kev.
1: Lamar Jackson is falling back to earth.
0: Savannah. <laughs> All I have to say is like Juju needs to stop fumbling. <laughs> it's yeah, so I feel like that's all he's known for right now. Like last year and then this game, like on the line.
2: Whew. Uh, I mean, I- I'll give you that. I think the I think unfortunately, Juju is such a big play receiver, but at the same time, in the big, biggest play of the game, coughs the ball up and. An Alabama boy wreaking havoc. Kev is
1: still, like, oh, kind of giddy in his seat right now. Also, rip, rest in peace, um, Mason Rudolph.
2: <laughs> oh, God. That, that that hit was brutal.
0: Brutal. awful.
2: Oh, my God. And yet, all he got was a penalty for that one, Savannah. <laughs> As she went on me on Twitter and over text messages for about an hour about that last week about Derek Barnett hit Bears at Raiders, Chucky and the boys pulled it out. Knock on wood if you're with me. Um, by the way, Trubisky's overrated. So
1: the Bears chase Daniel or Mitch Trubisky, it doesn't matter. Bears are garbage.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the Bears are way overrated, and Josh Jacobs will be Rookie of the Year.
2: Josh Jacobs Rookie of the Year, not on with you with me. <laughs> that was the Liz. I, I like Hard Knocks this year. I watched every minute of it, and it was worth every second. Right. And the fact I am so. so is it weird? I'm like secretly pulling for the Raiders to like make the the, the playoffs as a card team. Like I'm pulling so hard for them just to squeak one out. And I, I love, you know what the thing is? I said this on Thursday to Kevin. I said, the Raiders can pull this off. It's because the, the, the Bears are not good at scoring. And the Raiders can score, but their defense isn't perfect. It's kind of like that that give and take. It's like, yes, but they may give up 21 points, but the Bears can really only score about 21 points, and the Raiders have an offense that's good enough to score 30, so the Bears will take away 6, 24. And that's how I looked at the game, and I'm like, if you're going to look at the give and take, the give and take goes more towards the Raiders' favor, and that's why I picked them. I was like, you know what, this is going to be a a, a Raiders win. I knew it was going to be close, though. Vikings at Giants. Danny Dimes drops back to earth. And Dalvin had to fricky fumble. Fantasy stuff. Kevin. Classic. Kirk Cousins, look,
1: I don't suck game.
0: The The Vikings actually look like a good team. Because they're I don't think I don't think even though they have Adam Thielens and Stefan Diggs, that I don't think they're a good team.
2: Yeah, until he's a patriot. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> or like a or, or like uh you know, there was like six other teams I saw were like making offers for him. So Texans
1: Texans Falcons, wow, that escalated quickly. Kevin. The Falcons are so bad and I'm so sad.
0: Savannah. Uh Deshaun Watson, that's literally all I have to say. He literally
2: looked phenomenal. Perfect quarterback rating. Five touchdown passes. I will five incomplete. That's insane. No, his numbers. Whoever started in the fantasy this week is a genius. And at the same time, I really don't understand how the the Falcons are this bad. We'll talk more on that later. Bengals Cardinals. Uh, loser ball one. Cardinals get their first dub. Good for Kyler Murray.
1: Kev. Uh, the Bengals are only going to get worse.
2: <laughs> oh, 16 Here they come. Savannah. The Bengals need a new defense. A whole new defense. Bengals need a nuclear bomb. <laughs> we need a new defense. Just uh, like just wipe the slate clean. Start over. <laughs> Redraft. All right. Jags at Panthers. 15 penalties at the gun and Minchu Magic didn't start.
1: Kev. Kyle Allen, quarterback of the future. More on that later. Savannah.
0: The Jags were not the team that people well, thought they would be even with Minchu.
1: Thanks, Danny Green. <laughs> Wow, he didn't say that to me for once.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) Chargers, Broncos. Lindsey is the GOAT.
1: What the hell is going on in LA? I mean, I can answer that, but more on that later.
2: Savannah.
0: My overall pick is going through the toilet. (laughs) 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 I mean, seriously, this team (laughs)
2: <laughs> they're so lost about derwin james and it, it, it on that defense and it, it really i don't know i don't know if it says more to how bad that defense is without him or how good derwin james is i can't figure out what it is i'm serious like i'm trying to understand
1: like what the difference is i don't think he'll fix their issues either true
2: all right now, this is where we have to keep Savannah for one sentence, because this is why I was going to try to, like, calm her down a little bit. Uh, Packers-Cowboys. Dak Prescott's contract is shrinking. Kevin.
1: Uh, Cowboys are trash, and the Packers proved they don't need Aaron Rodgers to go off anymore.
2: Aaron Jones. Motherfucker. Mm. That told me. I lost in fantasy because of him. Savannah.
0: Aaron Rodgers owns the Cowboys. He is Jerry Jones. 4-0 at at t Stadium. I'm
2: not a bad stat to, to have. Is 5-0? All righty.
0: No, 4-0 He's... at the stadium. 7-2 and altogether against the Cowboys.
2: I thought. When in doubt, call Aaron to knock the Cowboys off. All right. So... That was the two minute. That was the uh. That was our little uh one sentence game. I actually thought that went hilarious and it was great. So that is going to be a weekly occurrence now. But we're not. We also kept it moving short. On to,
1: uh, oh yeah. What Usually the, we'll say like one, one sentence after. game and then go on for an hour.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, we actually kept it good. It was great. So uh, now this is where we start babbling. Um, we gotta talk football headlines right now. So. The NFC East and the NFC North both had major shakeups over the weekend. We had Philadelphia now is in, is tied for first place with Dallas, having two straight wins, and Dallas with two straight losses. And we also have now it basically is a two-team. If if you really think about it, because I think the the Vikings are still limited, it's a two-team race in the in the North between the the uh, Lions and Packers. We'll start in the East. I watched that game last night with Dak Prescott. I was just not impressed at all. And the thing, and this is no knocking on the Packers secondary. It's a good secondary. But I watched Carson Wentz just surgically drop little dimes in and throw zero picks against them and, and utilize the running game where the Cowboys had to have Dak slinging it and they could not figure it out. The the difference in both games, because I'm now the second series we, we've watched the Packers, I've kind of figured out what they're about. And they're they got a good pass rush. Their secondary is great. Their run defense is so so, but it'll keep them in games. Aaron Rodgers, of course, is being Aaron Rodgers. The Cowboys' secondary is, of course, better than the Phillies. but I, you know what? I look at Dallas and New Orleans, and now Green Bay have just poked holes in their armor. Everyone thought, "Oh, Dallas is gonna win the Super Bowl." It's gonna be Dallas, Kansas City, and I'm just thinking to myself. I'm like, I'm like, where's the hole? Where's the chinks in the armor? Where is the little like gaps where you know you could squeak stuff through? And we saw it, guys. We saw it in, in how Dak Prescott was throwing behind receivers, and he threw three picks and. They couldn't really get Zeke going till the end of the game, and defense was giving up a lot of rushing yards. I'll let you guys take on because I can go on forever, but Savannah, what would you think? Because you, you being the Packers fan, we'll let you get your time to shine here. The Cowboys just got taken to school in the first half, and it was a, a beatdown at least until halftime.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, we ran right over them, like – Aaron Jones has had almost 200 scrimmage yards and four touchdowns, which he's the first Packer to do that since 1999. So that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I Um, think the Cowboys have been getting exposed. Like I really think that they played like hardly like any good teams the first three weeks. And now they just look like they're not the team that everyone thought that they would be like, yeah, Mario Cooper still had 200 yards, which is absolutely ridiculous. But it's like, can they bounce back from this? Like, are they? I mean, what do they have? The Jets next week, so they probably will be able to. But. I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, like Nate Burleson. Nate Burlson said it perfectly. The Jets, the ultimate fix-it game. Like Philadelphia had to fix their pass rush issues. They play the Jets, they get ten sacks. Um, the 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 Cowboys, I feel like will like you know smack the living daylights out of the out of the Jets, and they'll fix their issues. What? Really amazed me, and it was, I think it was Kyle Brandt who posted this, and I I want to, like, frame this tweet. The Cowboys basically were playing the first three weeks on Madden at, like, rookie mode, and then jacked it up to all Madden and got smacked in the face for back to that yeah, week. Yeah, that's exactly what he said.
1: He, and then spiked right. their controller, which turned off their Xbox mid-game.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to act like I haven't done that before, so we're not going to talk about that. Anyway, um it's just it like everyone was going on about Dallas and Kev feel free to jump in here but I
1: just don't see I I, like they're not the perfect team like everyone said they were I never like I know people said it and I thought they were better than they are but I never thought they were the perfect team I figured once they started going up against real competition they were going to struggle it's not like a team kind of and I'm not trying to be a Patriots horn, but like, like the Patriots, they they're playing weak competition. But you also figure this team can beat better teams too, with how good their defense is. And I just, there's no team in the NFC that scares me, regardless of East or North. Like none of them scare me.
2: That's rude. Uh, actually, breaking news right now, guys. Um, Zay Jones has been traded to the Raiders. So. Oh. Derek Carr's got another weapon. Really surprised here because the Bills are in playoff contention and the Raiders are too. That's a little weird to me. But yeah, the uh Zay of uh, this is uh, according to Chris Mortensen, East Reports Bills
1: have reported uh Zay Jones to the Raiders. So what team should scare me, Savannah?
0: The Packers.
1: You want to go into some fun little stats? Okay. Aaron Rodgers leads Tom Brady in three categories this year. Oof. Interceptions, interception Oof. percentage, and yards Oof. after the catch on completion. Oof. I can't that bad. that. But it, that one is mostly just to get rid of the stigma that Tom Brady dinks it and dunks it down the field when Aaron Rodgers is doing that right now. The Packers are a good team. They don't scare me. I just don't think... be afraid of him. the kryptonite out of Philadelphia. Nah, Nick Foles is out of there,
2: baby. And it's okay. Carson's even more dangerous because he's got yeah, less Carson fear than Big Yeah, really big well big. this season.
1: Until he breaks I, his listen, back.
2: And you know the thing is, I've, I, really, I've been really quiet about crying. I, I, all i always said, I would only take shots at Dak. And I've said, like, listen, Carson deserves the respect he res- he deserves for his play. And that is perfect transition, thank you, to uh, Philadelphia and the Jets. But you know, everyone's everyone's like, oh, you know, Dak wins more games and Dak. And, you know, I listen to all the you know the media and they're like, oh, Dak wins more games, he's available. I'm like, Carson got knocked out on two freak injuries, like both were like freak hits that I I almost would like put money on wouldn't happen again. But at the same time, when he he plays, there's a different level of Play like if you watch Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott w- looks like your run-of-the-mill Toyota Corolla quarterback. Carson Wentz is an Aston Martin with a turbocharger in it. He's a Ferrari. He's a Ferrari Italian. This he's he's up there with the Brady's, the Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons, the Big Ben's, Drew Brees. He's up there with those guys because he makes plays that you just are like, what the actual hell just happened? You want to go back to Sunday? He ducked on. Un- Quentin Williams basically was about to eat Carson Wentz alive, ducks underneath, and flicks a 40-yard a like laser to Zach Ertz with Jamal Adams basically draped on him. And I'm just like, you know what? Nope, not even going to say anything. Just going to let Twitter eat that one up because, you know what? That's just what he does. And and I've been watching this for four years now, or three. Yeah, four My fourth season with Carson, and this is the fourth year I've watched him just do that repeatedly. And... and it's the Eagles on Sunday showed that they can compete with the Cowboys. They are the the team that we thought they were. Shout out to De- our fourth Danny Green reference of the show, and they, they really were in that. It was just the defense needed to get a confidence booster. And the offense basically popped it in two and just, just went on cruise control the rest of the way. And that's all it needed to happen. Just come on. Two scooping scores. Orlando Skandrick, the former Cowboy with the with the rip six. And, uh, you know, he had ten sacks. He had rookies and backups getting sacks. Brandon Graham had a hat trick. Uh, I, Derek Barnett, uh, Savannah's favorite player, had two. <laughs> so, I, I it was a good game for Philly, and now Philly basically is like right there with Dallas. And honestly, I think Philly's more dangerous than Dallas. And if New England's going to fear a team in the NFC, Kevin, it is Philly. But I wanted to talk NFC North, because because of our good boys in Oakland, it's basically, in my head, a two-team race for that division. Because Oakland showed how to beat Chicago, and- and Chicago doesn't scare me at all anymore. Because, Chicago yes, Oakland's a good – they scared me when they started this. Because in my head, my whole Mitch Trubisky, like not being an elite quarterback shtick, was good. But it was only a shtick. I, I had only a couple of games to back it. And then he played like crap against the Packers – Thank you, Savannah, for that. And completely just kept going crap, crap, crap the whole rest of the way. So you know what? Now I don't feel fear the Bears at all. I had like stats that I had film to back it up, but you know what? I'm like, knowing my luck, he's gonna flip the switch somehow and just play like an all like an all pro. He didn't. And now I'm right. Which is a normal occurrence. But I look at the Bears, they can't score. Their defense Struggles in certain areas, particularly they gave up a lot of rushing yards last week. And so, okay, you tweeted something about Hicks. Was that Keem Hicks who broke his arm on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, that's another injury they got to worry about. Uh, um, I really think it's Detroit versus Green Bay for this division. Because I think uh, Minnesota is way too one-dimensional. And... Everyone's like, oh, look, Kirk Cousins passed for X amount of yards against the Giants. I'm like, Dak Prescott got them up for 400, bro. Get on his level. But I – um, Savannah, if I was a Packers fan, the only thing I would fear is the blue guys up in Detroit.
0: Yeah, and we play them Monday a Night Football next week, so that'll be interesting.
2: I am I, stoked for that game. I know we're not doing a show that night because – I don't know if you're going to be blacked out for that game or like insanely hyped out of your mind or whatever, but I would that's like why that's like Eagles Cowboys for me. Like, do not expect to get a message or text from me. I'm going to be out of my mind insane, but I'm I the lines of my division picks, you know where I'm going on that one, but I love both teams. Both teams have flaws, but both teams also have great players in certain areas. So it's a two-team race in both divisions for me in the North and the East in the NFC. Kev, what do you think?
1: I am so excited for the Lions-Packers game because both teams have showed they can the Packers especially, because it's this isn't the usual with them, they can play ugly this year with their ground game and Like I said earlier, they don't need Aaron Rodgers to go off. I'm so excited for that game. I think the Packers are going to win it. I think the Lions have not lucky. They've played very well, but I think the Packers are going to show everyone that they're the Packers. And I just – I'm still so excited for that game. I think whoever wins, maybe not this game, but the series on the year is going to win the NFC North.
2: I um. I I completely agree. I look at how the I said it before the Lions and the Packers they line up very evenly. Yes, the line the Packers have the advantage in the receiving at, at the quarterback and they have a better number one receiver, but the Lions have more depth at every other position and they have better a better shutdown corner. Even though Jair Alexander to me has proven without a doubt he's a number one shutdown. But Savannah, I'll let you get into this quick try to keep the Packers love to at least a reasonable amount here but I I, you you gotta fear the Lions a little bit
0: oh yeah I definitely I definitely am scared for this game and I am never gonna say like oh like that's gonna be an easy win like something like that just because I know how we've played against them before whether if we've had Aaron Rodgers or not but I definitely do think it's gonna be end up being the Lions and the Packers for like and we play them week 17 so that'll be interesting um but yeah the Vikings I just don't think they're that good of a team I don't think they're going to end up being in contention even though they have the two great receivers and then the Bears just look like trash right now like unless they suddenly figure out a way to turn it around which I hope they don't um I really think that the Packers are going to be able to dominate the NFC North I mean our defense is ridiculous like we have two players with five-plus sacks. Like, Jair Alexander has, like, nine deflections and in interception. Like, he's – Kevin King has three interceptions already in the season. Like, our team is looking great right now. I mean, yeah, that game against Philly, like, I really don't know what happened. But I just think it was the short week because we had a long week, and then look how we played against
2: Dallas. Fair enough. All right, All right we're going go to go into some quick hitters here before we hit Kev's Cavs, uh, Cavs segment. Uh, Atlanta, are they dead in the water, and is Dan Quinn on his last legs? Savannah. Yes. Yeah. And Kevin. You can go. I was going
0: to say uh, yes. Went- <laughs> um, I actually had the, the Falcons uh, pick to win, like, nine games or something this season, but I – it honestly blows my mind. And I don't think Matt Ryan is that bad. Like, I know he can be a good quarterback. That's the thing. Like, it just blows my mind that they're 1-4 and four right now. So, I they just need to make some major adjustments for the next
1: few weeks. I don't think Matt Ryan's that good of a quarterback anymore. I think he hasn't shown that he's a very good NFL quarterback since his MVP season. And they're struggling getting the ball to Julio. Which when you have your best player on the field most weeks he will be the best player on the field at any given time. You have to feed him the ball. I don't care if he's double covered covered, throw it up. He will get it at least half the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he only had forty two yards against the Texans.
1: So, yeah. Feed Julio and maybe they'll do yeah, better. No, but kill me kill me in fantasy. So that happened. Yeah, I have an all-Alabama lineup for one of my fantasy leagues. I know. It was hilarious to watch you draft that.
2: Uh, um, next up, we got um the – we'll see in the NFC South quick. Oh, by the way, I think that Al, I think that Atlanta is done, and I think that uh Dan Quinn is done because of one team that came out of the woodwork and is probably going to get the second spot in the uh, South – if uh, New Orleans can keep up their hot streak, is the Panthers. Kyle Allen has made that team relevant, because Ken started off 0-2, and Kyle Allen's 3-0. Yes, they have not played very hard competition, but at the same time, I mean, the Jaguars are a possible playoff team in the AFC South, and not a bad team by any stretch. But I look at the Panthers, and I Kyle Allen plays the way that ron rivera wants to play quarterback he hits he utilizes the receivers christian mccaffrey we're gonna bring it up now is on pace to have the greatest statistical season of a running back what kevin you said ever or close to it
1: close to i haven't looked at the actual projections like comparing but he's projected to have if he continues his current pace 1878 yards 19 rushing touchdowns Another 892 yards receiving, and then three or four receiving touchdowns on top of that. Exactly. I. It's it's amazing. To and, and
2: Saman, I'll let you jump in here too as well. But I look at the Panthers and how they're laid out. McCaffrey's numbers got instantly better the second that Kyle Allen showed up. Now, he had good numbers with, with Newton, but it just seems like the defense the offense is so much better. Savannah, what do you think?
0: Um, I think that Kyle Allen is a great fit for the Panthers. He's four 0 He's helping them score twenty nine points a game. He's averaging three hundred and eighty two like total yards per game. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, I don't think that they should go back to Cam. I mean what did he lose? Like and- six six straight or something like that with the Panthers like they need to stick with Kyle and he's looking great
2: I mean I, I completely agree and at the end of the day Kansas bargain to move so there are, there are a couple teams that need quarterback help and I'm not saying they're going to deal with a deadline but in the offseason you could easily move him for a couple for I don't know for maybe a draft pick or so, and it's really going to help that that roster. And if, if you if they're really and they have a, if that even doesn't fail, you really have um, you could even run, take a run at Will Greer as well. He's still sitting there. So at the end of the day, I look at what they are doing in in Carolina, and it's not a bad roster by any stretch. And the fact is Kyle Allen utilizes better. So I, that's all I got. So
1: I really think that it's, it's a more dangerous team with Kyle Allen. I think it's also a more dangerous team just because they have Kyle Allen and in their mind, Ron Rivera and the coaching staff going, well, he's probably, he's not as good a passer as cam, regardless of that's true or not. So we have to feed McCaffrey more. So I think it's, that's also a product of why McCaffrey's numbers are so crazy right now. True. And in turn, it's helping them win.
0: The Panthers are great and everything, but, like, when I look at the NFC South, like, all I can sit there and think about is the Saints. Like, they don't have Drew Brees, and they're still winning. Like, they're 4-1, and one and Teddy Bridgewater is literally the real deal with this team. I mean, he had over – he had four touchdowns and like, 300 yards or something like that. And the Bucks are a good team. Like, they put a – I mean, they're not a great team, but they're a good team. They put the beat down on the Rams last week. Like, I – it's honestly, like, shocking. I know Bridgewater is a decent quarterback, but he's looking great with this team. And Michael Thomas is still putting up really good numbers even though they don't have Breeze.
1: Is Drew Breeze a system quarterback? Just saying, connecting dots. Jesus <laughs> Kevin, you were just really trying to get, really trying to get, like, likes there, aren't you? Well, no, I mean, look, if I have to deal with Like oh Tom Brady's a system quarterback because Matt Castle went 11 and 5. Then I can say the same thing about Drew Brees. Can we put that to bed, please? Like he's not a system quarterback.
2: Thank you. I don't think I was not. What? Tom Brady is one of the is the goat. Like come on. And you know what the best part is? He's not even the most talented quarterback in the league ever at all. Even close but what makes him so good is the fact that he just just does it better he doesn't choke like he doesn't get hurt like that's the biggest knock on savannah's boy aaron is he gets hurt or peyton manning is he choked and it I, i i can't knock him and big ben just can't deliver he dominates big ben so at the end of the day what do you want me to tell you
1: I think the biggest knock on Tom Brady at this point is he might be a sociopath with how he trains and prepares. Either that or Giselle has, like, puppet strings in his head. <laughs> oh, no. If she did, he would have retired three years ago. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she wants him to be concussion-free. No, she's telling people he has concussions, so they'll make him retire. Fair. I love taking things off All the race. We just talk about Tom Brady. I know, right?
0: We should do a- I- I knew I was gonna about get an done. argument between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm not kidding because a-
1: I, would ch- I would check out at that point.
2: <laughs> I All will right. gladly do that.
1: Next. Oh, God. All right. Kevin, let's have a weird shit in sports. You ready? Oh, I was born ready. I was ready about 103 years ago for today's weird shit in sports. Okay. (laughs) I am referencing, of course, the October 7th clash between the Georgia Tech engineers and the Cumberland Bulldogs. Some call it the most lopsided game in college football history because it was. John Heisman guided the Georgia Tech engineers, yes, that John Heisman, to a 222 to 0 route of Cumberland. That score itself is weird. But the story behind it's even better. Cumberland actually canceled their football program the season before that. But Georgia Tech wouldn't let them out of their game because the year prior Cumberland's baseball team beat Georgia Tech 22 to nothing. During allegations that Cumberland was using professional players as ringers. So John Heisman decided, you know what? You're going to play us, and you're going to get smoked. 97% of the game's plays occurred in Cumberland territory, and 64 plays occurred in Cumberland's own red zone. And that was 103 years ago today. Wow. Yeah, I bet you guys didn't think I would be going that far back for my weird shit.
2: Dude, I, I, I'm i a little... Uh, I don't even know where to go on that because I'm just still amazed that you went, like... I, I was expecting some, like, awkward, like, some, like, other... Sh- I was expecting, like, maybe the Dara Mori crap for, like, your last call or something like that. I'm more on that. But... I... I don't get nothing from... For last call, I, I guess I got one quick, and uh, so I want to give a quick shout out to um, our listeners. Um, first of all, you know I gotta give a shout out to my, my co Spencer. His uh, nickname Ron work is Thick Boy. Don't ask why. It's hilarious. But uh, also to everyone who listens to our show: friends of Savannah, friends of Kevin, friends and family of mine,
1: Stone Cold Steve
2: Stone Cold Steve Langley, the man, the myth, the legend.
1: Listens to every uh, episode.
2: I know. And he probably thinks I'm a, a raging jackass. He's never even met me. I am so great. I, I know all. both of these guys are grateful as well, but I am so grateful for all you guys helping out and listening and supporting us. Uh, expect a lot more content coming through sooner or later as the season goes on. Uh, more guests. The Sunday special show, of course, we have our newest edition coming out deep founder of the three-point conversion. It was a very interesting interview. It went from talking about following your dreams to talking to Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick and the similarities. So it was really cool. Uh, he's an Atlanta native, so it went really well. But uh, that will be dropping, of course, on Sunday. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff coming up later in the year. We Actually, we we're going to try to bring in uh, Dan Orlowski for uh, talking to a little college ball as the season gets closer to the playoff. And our my boy, Steve Peralta is going to come through in a couple weeks to talk some LB playoffs Kevin will try oh I'll
1: um, be there for
2: that oh, I, I, you say that now but then you you, you know you pull on the top I'm tired of the words hurting me but I know these two are I, I also thankful for both you two uh, you know this podcast started about almost a year ago actually guys the uh, announcement of this podcast happened about a year ago today I was in Maine I announced it Uh, when I was doing an out-of-state job and we were doing our, uh, the weirdest podcast ever, uh, under center. Um, also, quick thing, before I get all mushy and gushy, me and, uh, the department head of the, uh, football, Mr. Tom B., are going to, uh, start a football podcast. It is going to be once a week. Uh, you know me hosting the bigger football, the base football show. We got here at Belly Up, and then of course Tom being the head of the old department. It's gonna be good. We're gonna get a little more in depth. Me getting a little more nerdy on film and stuff like that. It's gonna be good to watch. Um, you may see some familiar faces like Savannah, or Kevin on there, or our boy Brandon Sharples, or even Big Boss Mike Brown. You don't know Mr. Mark Riley. It's gonna happen. So it's, it's gonna be fun. But that's all I got today. Um, Great show, uh Falagos Flygos, and uh we will see you guys on the third. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.